Hey gang, Harley Vasquez here. You're listening to Grit and Glitter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's wrestling. I'm writing solo this week as I gave the week off to my co-host, your fave, M. Fear. Her birthday is this Friday. Happy early birthday, M. Due to that fact, I said, take the week off. It's cool. I got things under control. Val Pancakes has an interview with Stepstool Sarah Rose, commentator, broadcaster, ring announcer, Swiss Army Knife of Professional Wrestling. I've got an interview of my own. We put those two together. We got ourselves a Chef's Kiss episode. Now, as things happen, my interview did not happen this week. Extenuating circumstances caused that to get a little uh, changed at the last minute. Instead, I decided to give you a little treat. I delved into the archives. I went looking, rifling through my filing cabinet, seeing what do I have that I could use to pad out this episode so that you don't get a short one, you don't get short change, you get a regular full-length grit and glitter. And what I found in my archives, hey, this makes sense to me, June 2021, I chatted with Sam Laterna, also a commentator, broadcaster extraordinaire. That interview has been previously exclusive to our patrons that support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash greatglitterpod. But for the first time, I'm going to make that one available for you free right here on the free mainstream A-show Grit and Glitter podcast feed. So that's the plan for this week. And I think as last minute substitutions go, it's a pretty good one. You have Val Pancakes talking to Stepstool Sarah Rose this week. You got me chatting with Sam Laterna from almost two years ago. You put them together and you got yourself a delicious grit and glitter sandwich. Thank you for listening. Let's send things over to Val and Sarah Rose. Stepstool Sarah with me today, and we were talking about just first off, Stepstool Sarah, what are all of your roles in wrestling? I know that you call yourself like wrestling Swiss Army knife, and I know that you wear a lot of proverbial hats, but also like actual hats. Um, <laughs> so just kind of if people maybe aren't as familiar with you, um, what you do. Uh, so essentially like the best way to like narrow it down is I do everything but referee and wrestle. My three main jobs in wrestling are photography, ring announcing, and commentary. I have also been a valet before, would also love to do that again. I've run the door, I've run gear to the back, I've run music before. I've pretty much done it all and I love being so versatile and indisposable. 
So the first time I remember seeing you at a show was Collective 2020 in Indiana, (laughs) where you yelled at some old guy because he was refusing to wear a mask. Oh, good old, good old uh, Hulk Hogan impersonator. (laughs) Yeah. Well, one of the many people I got to yell at that weekend. <laughs> that one really stuck out in my mind. I think that was during the Shimmer show as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he was outside afterwards while all the girls were selling their merch. And he was trying to um, sell his own merch. I'm like, can you not? Can you not do that? And I went I went and told Ricky Shane Page and like Addis Kiss Kogar and them and I'm like hey like what do we know about this guy and like as soon as like we got back over to where the guy was he was like gone he had like dibs but I was ready I was ready to fight this man I'm ready to fight <laughs> any man at all times but that one in particular good times good times <laughs> like that man specifically yeah because <laughs> like not only was he like dressed up as fucking Hulk Hogan so first of all ill but second we we were in a very strict mask mandate you know at at that collective so it was very vital that I try and get everyone on board and he was not and then he tried to use an excuse of oh well the commentators aren't wearing them I'm like my brother in Christ they literally like are talking a lot and they're just them like they they have an exception you need to listen to me or you need to leave (laughs) i think the fact that it was the shimmer show that made it like Mm -hmm. even like that much better (laughs) oh that is my first memory of stepstool sarah in person (laughs) (laughs) that's impeccable i love it (laughs) just watching you just yell at this old man dressed like hulk hogan <laughs> so that is the first place I saw you, but what are some of the other places that you work regularly? Um, just so if people are out and about, they can, you know. Oh, that's Steps with Sarah. Yeah. Uh so I am based out of St. Louis. That's where I live. Um, so locally I have Glory Pro and St. Louis Anarchy, where I do photos. I started off ring announcing at St. Louis Anarchy when I first started in the business. So I'm hoping eventually to be able to ring announce there again. And then we also have Russell Max here. They're on a bit of a hiatus right now. But other than that, I'm back at Black Label Pro ring announcing on a regular basis again. I've been going up to freelance a lot recently to do photos for fun. I am on a hiatus from um, unsanctioned pro right now. And other than that, I just kind of try and get to where I can when I can, honestly. Lovely. I know that you also do select GCW shows because I know that you (laughs) go to the collective sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Anytime that GCW is within driving distance of St. Louis, I try and get there, especially like Chicago shows when I can. Obviously, um, they've been coming to St. Louis a little more often. So yeah, I love I love getting to work with GCW any any chance that I get in any capacity. Nice. So how did you get into working with independent professional wrestling? 
<laughs> it's funny. I actually just had lunch with my store manager today and I told her because she asked me. So um, yeah, it's kind of just by like, it's kind of by happenstance. I had a friend, Jennifer, who I've known for literally such a long time and her and her boyfriend were into like independent wrestling. I had just kind of gotten back into or like really gotten into wrestling back in like 2013, 2014. And about 2015, they told me about local indie wrestling. And I was like, oh, cool. What? Like there's like like, little wrestling in the area. Like that's so sick. And I first went to a PWCS show here. And then a month later was the first anarchy show that I went to. And as soon as I went to either of those shows, I just kind of like fell in love with it. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I've, I've always been a photographer. So eventually I started bringing my camera with me to shows and just kind of started shooting pictures from my seat. So obviously like, I didn't know anyone. I was new to this and everything, but as a photographer, like, I just like really wanted to capture this stuff, you know, even if it was from like afar. And as I made it to more shows and kind of got to know more people, it opened up some opportunities for me. And then I eventually got to shoot PWCS one time. And then I had put out on Facebook that I was interested in doing more, whatever that may be, whatever more would be ring announcing, whatever. Obviously, I was kind of talking out of my ass at the time, still very new to wrestling. And then Matt Jackson, um, formerly known as Peter Abernathy, who run St. Louis Anarchy messaged me saying that they actually were looking for a ring announcer and asked if I would be interested. And I kind of shit my pants a little bit because I was not expecting anything to actually happen. <laughs> Didn't know anything about it. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, under, under the guise of like, I would get trained beforehand and like, get all this like insider knowledge and stuff and essentially when it came to day of I kind of <laughs> just got thrown into it Sean Orleans walked me through a lot of stuff taught me about you know going around to the wrestlers and getting their info and whatnot and kind of uh learning what to say but still for the most part just kind of got thrown into it and then it just kind of has grown from there um, between ring announcing and photography, just kind of like getting out more, traveling with wrestlers, networking, everything like that. And now I just, I guess I am, I am where I am now. And it's, it's wild starting off in 2016. And here we are six and a half years later. It's crazy. Yeah. You're a very recognizable figure. I've seen you at, just a ton of shows because we're not geographically too far from each other. So that's awesome. But when you got into wrestling and then you got into the photography part and, and everything, is there anything that you haven't done that you want to do? Or are you kind of like comfortable um, with what you, what you're doing? Huh. I mean, obviously like I would love to commentate a little more. I would love to valet again. I've only gotten to valet a few times, a couple of times with the gymnasty boys, one time with PB Smooth. So I would love, I would love to do that more, maybe try and learn more of like 
a manager role also. I think that that could be fun. Definitely don't want to wrestle or referee. Everyone that always asks me that, there's your answer. I I don't want to wrestle. I'm definitely okay with the things that I do already. I'll leave the actual wrestling up to other people. Other than that, I don't think that there's like too much else for me to do. Maybe one day for funsies, like I could run my own show. Maybe like a one-off thing, maybe like a birthday show. But yeah, other than that, I think just like trying to commentate more or valet more would, would probably be the only other things. I'd want to do. So have your own faction, Sarah's step stools, and just <laughs> have them like lift you up. <laughs> oh my God, they'd be fantastic. <laughs> the dream. What is your favorite thing about working in wrestling? I love all of the different people that I get to meet, whether it be other wrestlers, other people in the business, fans. I just love all of the different people and different personalities that wrestling brings together. Um, I love the sense of community, the sense of family. I think that that's like a huge part. I'm also very grateful for the platform that I've been given um, and getting to use that in such a positive and valuable way. I think that that's, that's also very important. I agree. I, and I kind of understand where you're coming from as far as being able to shed light on people and places and things that deserve it, that maybe aren't getting that bit of a rub. Because I know that you always post your pictures that you take mm-hmm. on Twitter and stuff. And I love looking through your galleries <laughs> and just seeing the different shots that you get and kind of getting like a different look at maybe some different people. Because sometimes I watch stuff, sometimes I don't watch everything because mm-hmm. it's just impossible. But, like, it's cool that, like, sometimes your pictures make me want to, like, seek out a specific match to watch. Oh, good. Yeah, I love that. I haven't haven't ever heard anyone say that before. And I like that. I think that's a really unique perspective, too. Like, those pictures look dope. Like, I want to see the match that that picture came from. (laughs) Good. Because, I mean, you know, and then, then, you know, you may watch the match and be like, oh, that was dog shit. But at least Sarah made it look really cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's a testament to your talent. <laughs> I also like the different perspective that you bring to commentary. Commentary is dominated by a lot of males. And it's good to have that perspective of a non-binary individual. Um, because there's just, I don't know that there's any off the top of my head, other non-binary individuals that do commentary. Veda. Oh, you're right. I forgot about Veda. And Veda is literally getting everywhere like everywhere and it's so inspiring and I want to be that someday <laughs> I would love to have you both do com. have you both ever done commentary on the same show at the same time actually one time we did at the Dallas Collective unsanctioned show we both oh. did commentary I think we two matches I think we've got to do commentary one for sure I can't remember it was at least two I think that was a that was a that was a good time. That that show was that was a great show. I enjoyed that show quite yeah, a lot. Anyone actually. anyone that missed that show, you're a fucking nerd. Truly, because like, I got to was... wear both my hats at that show. I got to do commentary <laughs> and ring announce. Yeah, I remember it. Like you were like all over the place. It was 
I had so much fun that show. <laughs> it was very, very good. If you guys haven't watched it, go back and watch it. If you have the collective bundle from last year, highly recommend. Yeah, I wonder if it's on now that everything is on Fight Plus. I wonder if it's on Fight Plus. I don't know. Somebody. I wonder. Yeah, I don't know how strict or how lenient they're being on previous stuff. That's definitely a a good thing to try and find out, though. Yeah. So check it out. Report back. Tell me how that worked <laughs> out for you. <laughs> Moving from last year's collective to today, where can people find you in the future? What do I have coming up? I will be at the next Black Label show ring announcing their their big rumble show. So that's the 25th and then the 26th I have Glory Pro here in St. Louis. And then that week I leave for LA for the collective. So far, I am for sure ringside shooting Big A Brunch, of course, because duh. Um, And then Emo Fight, I am for sure shooting ringside. Anything else is kind of like up in the air for now. Other than that, I'll probably just be trying to take pictures from where I can be. I feel like it's going to be so chaotic in that venue. 100,000 people is what it's going to feel like in a tiny space. And then I am for sure shooting the second wrestling mitzvah mania that Sunday in LA. And then after that, I have April 14th, St. Louis Anarchy, April 15th, GCW St. Louis, and then April 30th, uh, Glory Pro back here in St. Louis again. Well, it's cool that you're keeping busy. I will, of course, see you in LA. Yeah. Exciting. Oh, okay. Maybe a weekend is upon us. <laughs> I know. Ugh, LA. Ugh, gross chaos. Yeah, that I'm, I yeah, I, I'm sure my, my, my anxiety is in. Yeah, my anxiety is already through the roof trying to like think about things. And I'm like, I, I cannot fathom this trip. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to do it. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. Ah, okay. <laughs> we will survive to fight another day something like that (laughs) but thank you so much for hanging out with me for a little bit today i'm kind of getting people maybe that have seen you that don't you know know who you are or give people a little bit more extra insight on you and i hope that we continue to have your voice on commentary and ring announcing and just kind of championing that wrestling wrestling is for everyone that's your that's your whole thing, right? That is, yeah. Speaking of, I do a podcast. It's called It's Evolution Baby. It is on all podcasting platforms and on Twitter at It's Evolution Pod. We talk about women's wrestling with a focus on inclusivity and diversity because duh, wrestling is for everyone. And then we've also kind of started to delve into a lot of pop culture stuff and like horror movies. And we are approaching our 200th episode and may slightly have a mini rebrand that's kind of up in the air but um, it will always have a focus on minority wrestling hell yeah so when you're done listening to this go check that out yeah well once again thank you so much for your time today sarah i look forward to seeing you out in la hopefully (laughs) but (laughs) once again thank you so much for joining everyone go check out um, it's evolution baby after this is over Thank you once again, Sarah. Thanks, Sal.
Yeah, my co, my regular uh, Grid and Glitter co-host Emily is in Pittsburgh, and we always comment. I'm like, we're so far apart, but it seems like whatever the weather is here, the weather is for her. If it's raining here, it's raining in Pittsburgh. What is it like? Maybe four hours away, five hours away from Toronto? I want to, I want to say closer to like seven or eight. Oh really? Yeah, Western Pennsylvania. That's true. We're probably closer, actually, NYC and Toronto, driving-wise. Yeah, but I think it's still a good six hours, and I don't drive, so it feels a lot farther. <laughs> ah, well, so you live in like the city proper of Toronto, I'd imagine, then, if you don't have to drive. Yeah, yeah, we got the subway, we got the the streetcars. Nice, I feel you. Yeah, same here, except I do sometimes drive car rentals when needed. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you you know if you want to get around all the different uh, independent shows, you really have to. Absolutely. But yeah, thank you for having me today. I'm, I'm excited to do this. I, I, I love Bell to Bells. Perfect. Well, they love you, I'm sure. I haven't told uh, Kristen who I'm interviewing for this series yet. I'm, I'm springing them all on her. Oh, nice. Cool. Well, I, I hope I give you a good interview. <laughs> I'm an open book and I'm down to talk about whatever. I can I can do serious. I can do silly. You're, you're the interviewer, so I'm just here for it. <laughs> well, that was my first question, actually, because you do a lot of interviews yourself. But do you get interviewed a lot? Um, I, I'd say I do get some interview requests, but I tend to do them like strategically around when Leapfrog is coming out or to promote Leapfrog because I just really don't think that the spotlight needs to be like on me necessarily for interviews unless it's for a higher purpose. But I, but I do do interviews and I've had some good ones and I've had some bad ones. So it, it's cool to kind of be on the, the other end today with someone who I know uh, has a reputation for being a good interview. So it's an interviewer rather. So it's a pleasure. That's the thing. The rare instance where I get asked to do an interview, I look forward to it. Remember, I go into the interview, I sit down, I'm kind of in the back of my head thinking like, okay, let's see what you got. You know, I, I do this all the time. Let's see what you bring to the table. Yeah, exactly. Like different questions sometimes, you know, pique my interest. I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting that one. This is cool. You, you know, you researched or you, you thought about what you wanted to ask me or what you think that fans want to have answered, you know, and that's how I kind of try and think of my interviews as well. My number one goal on any interview I do, the moment that like gives me the biggest dopamine rush is when I ask a question and their first statement in response is, ooh, that's a good question. Yes, I if love If I hear that phrase, I'm just like, oh, yes, I'm doing it. Absolutely, yeah. And when, you know, someone like a wrestler, for example, identifies like that you, you know, really do serve a function when someone gives a good interview, it can really do a lot of things for both people. So it's a mutually beneficial thing when done right. What's your favorite question you've been asked? I only like this question because of the answers I give, because I, I always give just about the same answers. Uh, what my, who my favorite people to have interviewed have been, because I don't know, I just I have like a very special, quirky connection with each in terms of interviews. So I just like telling that story, I guess you could say. You're relatively new to being an interviewer because you were a wrestler first and foremost. But was this a new idea or was this something that's always been perfect? Like even as in your younger days, did you think of being an interviewer, being a talk show host? It's honestly never something that I thought would be feasible either outside of wrestling or within wrestling. Uh, I had started training in 2015 and was very much so married to the idea of being a wrestler uh, and unfortunately, due to injury and a couple of other things, it just didn't work out. And I had to be real with myself and, you know, realize I do still offer something. But what is that within the spectrum of wrestling? And then after having conversations with friends, particularly Masha Slamovich, who really like gave me a kick ass speech and really motivated me. That's when I started WrestleT, actually, because my strong suit had always been talking. 
and listening and, you know, speaking articulately. And I think that my experience also in college studying something that was like highly research based and academic, like art history, uh, also lent me to being good at, you know, finding the finer details and researching and stuff. So everything kind of just fell into place really organically with broadcasting, even though I've only been doing it since last February, March. I started Grid and Glitter just really as a hobby, and I'm the kind of person who always has seven different hobbies on the go, where I feel like if I'm not accomplishing something, then it's a wasted day sort of thing. Like, I'm an obsessive workaholic. So it started off as just another hobby, but now it's really taking the dominance. It's all I think about all the time. I'm at work, and my day job, and I'm just thinking, like, what can we do this week? What can we do next week? What if we did this? What if is that the case with Vessel T for you, or is it still just like a fun thing on the side, and your main priority is commentary or working for different promotions? Russellty is what gave me my start, uh, along with, you know, get, being given an opportunity uh, by Chikara to be their segment host when there was no reason to hire me uh, at that time. But I would say that in terms of Wrestle I tend to find the most inspiration for Wrestle from online, from news, from relevant current events, because I feel like those things are what are most likely to make a wrestler want to not only do an interview because it's sometimes a pain, I get it, but also things that like keep the audience involved, you know, Um, and I'm always I am constantly brainstorming that. But those things tend to organically come about with me just like being online, researching what's going on, talking to different wrestlers, sometimes getting a little bit of tea, you know, and then kind of tapping into that and timing an interview to coincide with an event. So every I don't know, I'm very business minded in that sense. But yeah, I, I do constantly think of ideas for Wrestle Tea, and I'm actually thinking of coming out with uh, some newer content that isn't just interview-based, but I like to, you know, put all of my eggs in one basket, take my time, and, you know, really prepare for something that could be a potential pivot. How did you get involved in Camp Leapfrog? Oh, Camp Leapfrog. So uh, I was actually working on Action Arcade when Chikara was still open, and Chris Levin had been refing there for uh, a little bit and found out that I helped Mike co-write the segments for Action Arcade that involved me. So he said, hey, like, I'd love to have, uh, you know, another voice share my creative ideas, you know, just bounce stuff off each other. And essentially, the brainchild of Leapfrog is Chris, but Chris brought me on to come up with story ideas. And eventually that evolved into helping him produce, helping him direct, and, you know, just really getting fully immersed in running a wrestling promotion uh, somehow. Yeah. (laughs) Did you go to summer camp when you were a kid? I never went to sleepaway camp, but I did go uh, to summer camp until I was about mm, like 13, 14. And it was legit. I'm not just saying this because we're talking about Camp Leapfrog and, you know, summer camp themed stuff. But I had some of my best times and met some of my closest friends at summer camp. And I remember always playing dodgeball and being like one of the best girls on the on the uh, on the team, which I was always really proud of. And then also just like having water balloon fights and stuff like that. Those are my fondest memories from summer camp. If you were tasked to design uniforms for Camp Leapfrog, what would they look like? Well, <laughs> let's see. I think that I would definitely, I'd probably do for the girls. I think I'd want something maybe like sport, like Girl Scout based, you know, um, and maybe like a, a yellow, you know, and then a green, uh, maybe like polo crop top. You know, some sneakers, uh, maybe like a cute little snapback kind of deal. And then for the guys, hmm, that one's tough. 
you know, I think I'd just, I'd have the guys in different kinds of yellow and green variations of tights and stuff like that. So, you know, wrestling related stuff, I guess. Yeah, maybe something sort of uh, in the vein of the Moonrise Kingdom outfits that he wears. Did you see Moonrise Kingdom? No, I have not. What What is Moonrise? Uh, it's a Wes Anderson film from uh, ah. a couple years ago. I'll check it out maybe to see what your creative vision on that is. Do you have a favorite summer camp movie or TV show that inspires you? Uh, yes. Uh, I <laughs> I really, really like the movie Wet Hot American Summer. I'm just a really big fan of uh, the writing particularly. And I also, I do like the, the newer uh, revamps of it, the, the miniseries that they had, I believe two seasons and like a mini movie or something like that. Um, so I would say that one. And then I forget the name of it, but there used to be this Disney movie that was about summer camp and Ben Stiller in his more formative years played this like crazy fitness freak who was like the bad guy in the movie. Oh, against- is it heavyweights? Yes, and I think maybe not Chris Farley, but someone along those lines, comedian of that time, was was in it as well. Yeah, so so that movie as well. I I, I remember from childhood. I enjoyed it. Ice tea, yay or nay? Ooh, okay. So I used to for like 25 years of my life, I never had iced tea unless it was like bottled Snapple, something like that, and not very often. But I recently got into iced like sweet tea, real sweet tea. When I lived in the Midwest. So I would say iced tea all the way if it's sweet tea done right, or I'm really into green tea iced with a little bit of honey. I get the feeling, and I think New York and Canada are similar. The iced tea we have here is more sugary, I've heard, or it's a, it's a canned, it's a bottled stuff. But sweet tea is apparently its own unique beast. Sweet tea is iced tea if it were made like in your grandma's kitchen basically like non-processed manufactured tea essentially like you you just chill tea add some honey or sugar what have you whatever you prefer uh and then lemon if you want it to taste more like a bottle or canned iced tea except it's homemade it's great big fan (laughs) this is a summer vacation themed series what's your ideal summer vacation other than hanging out at Camp Leapfrog, which I have to say is one of the sickest places to film ever. Anyone who's been there live understands why. It's just a beautiful property to film on, and we have a pool. Oh, my gosh. But when I am not chilling at Leapfrog over the summer, I'm a really big fan of like just taking mini trips in the summer for like sanity purposes, being that I live in New York City. So I love going kayaking and stuff like that. So maybe like a camping deal in Long Island or maybe by the Delaware River, anywhere I can like put, you know, a little raft or boat or kayak down and like have that time on the water. That's where I'm at. Also anywhere I can bring my dog because we, you know, we make our memories together. I read this one Archie comic when I was a kid and it stuck in my head so formatively that still like my vision of the perfect romantic date. He takes this girl, and it's not Betty or Veronica, it's this random girl, but he takes her on a canoe date with the canoe like across this little river and to a secluded island and they have a picnic. And I'm like, oh, that's that's the goals. That is so goals. Like if I went on a date with a guy who did that for me, it would be over. Like, yeah. Okay, well, I'll caution you. It was Archie. So he forgot to tie up the canoe. It drifted away. They got stranded on the island. And then Reggie came by in his motorboat and stole his date. But up until then, it was going pretty good. Jeez. Well, I'm not the kind of gal to bail on a date. So I would not go off with Reggie. Moral of the story. Bam. Are you the kind of gal to go out with an Archie? 
Yeah, you know, I, I, I think I could be. I've gone out with my share of like quirky, more clumsy guys <laughs> for sure. But I'm all about just having an organic connection, whoever that may be. Okay, last question. I promise this would be short. What do you plan for this summer? What do I plan for this summer? This summer, I legitimately want to spend as much time as I possibly can doing two things. And those two things are going to the beach, doing these mini vacations, and working as much as possible on the independent scene, doing ring announcing, commentary, host, hosting, interviewing, literally anything. Um, I still have a few dates open and I'm looking to really just, you know, exponentiate my time and take advantage of this summer because there's so many shows going on. And uh, I'm very grateful that I have, you know, a, a group of friends within the wrestling industry where like we can all travel together. And there's, you know, a lot of different options with that, even though I don't have a car. So I'm just going with the flow, enjoying life, working hard and, you know, chasing opportunities. That's where I'm at this summer. That is our show for this week. Thank you for listening this week and always. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at GreatGlitterPod. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash GreatGlitterPod. For $1 a month, you get a weekly newsletter every Monday written by the various members in the Glitterati. We give heartfelt insight into our personal lives. We give match recommendations. We give sneak peeks on future developments coming up down the Grit and Glitter pipeline. For a dollar a month, which is nothing, I think. For five dollars a month, which is still less than a cup of coffee, if we're being real, you get all sorts of stuff. You get new VIP podcasts exclusive to Patreon. Em and I have a series called Women's Wrestling Entertainment, where we are tracing the history of women in the WWE from the beginning. We just recorded our 10th episode last week, which takes us up to the end of 1992. So that's how far we've come. This episode is all about Miss Elizabeth, Sensational Sherry, Sapphire, that period in the early 90s for WWE. I researched the hell out of this, if I'm willing to put myself over for a minute there. And I think this one in particular is very entertaining. Em and I laughed a lot with Sherry's various shenanigans. And Em was actually quite impressed, if I do say so myself, by my Macho Man Randy Savage impersonation. You want to hear that? $5 a month. You also get the Grin and Glitter archive, season one episodes of Grin and Glitter, people haven't heard in like three years. Just this past weekend, we posted our first Valentine's Day episode from 2020, where my girlfriend and I interviewed Veda Scott and Speedball Mike Bailey, and now they're married. Look at that. Again, a little bit of credit to us for helping make that happen. There's all sorts of good stuff over there at the $5 tier and all your money just goes to keeping this podcast going ad free, completely commercial free, no sponsors, no anything. And then whatever's left over, we take to sponsor promotions like wrestlers lab, like enjoy wrestling. That's it. It's, it's great. It's a, the, again, a little thing that we can do to support independent wrestling, put our money where our mouth is. You can support us, help us support them for just five dollars a month next week on the show speaking of steps to observeros speaking of sam laterna next week on the show we have another interview with somebody famous for their microphone skills she is an international pop star and also a wrestler and her name is becca <laughs> <laughs>